Welcome to the End Times Chat. Our passion is found in the words of Jesus. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Each week, you will hear news from around the world that will urge you to wake up to these events to make you knowledgeable about what the Bible says about them. Join GJ and Dan in the conversation. Oh, oh I got to put on my Zebas because we have a big star. We don't oh, my have, God. We don't even have the name completely correct here. Dr. <clears throat> E.T. Scalise. Phone home. Dr. Eric, what's your middle initial? Key, as in terrific. Oh, Dr. Eric Terrific Scalise. <laughs> they, they did a movie about him in 1982. He had to earn the middle name Terrific. He used to be Dr. Eric Terrible Scalise. They keep telling him to phone home. <laughs> you are talking about things that are out of this world, so. <laughs> I know what you're doing. And don't, don't, don't get me started diagnosing you two. Well, here's what I think. I think Dan might have been actually in the movie basis on seeing that finger. <laughs> hey, you mean that? That was the straight one. This is the crooked one. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you one that so you're a hand actor. <laughs> I am. I, I am a. I'm, I'm a recovering hand actor, and uh, I no longer am getting any more jobs. Mm. Okay. And that awkward pause was beautiful. All right. So, uh, hey, guess what? Guess what? Hey, so I actually got my motorcycle's license this past weekend. Come on. Really? I did. Yeah, I passed the test. I had to renew my driver's license. I will never drive in California again. You had a greater risk of dying in a car accident in Los Angeles than dying of a gunshot wound. That's great information. Um, because I can tell you right now, as, as living in Los Angeles for six years, as I did, next to the busiest interchange on the planet, it felt like that was happening every single day, multiple times a day. So, okay, here's the deal. We have Dr. Eric Scalise on with us, and we want to hear from you. We want to hear about you. What's, tell, tell us a little bit about you, Yeah. what it is that you do, and, uh, and then we'll push it out there to the masses that listen to us about what you do. Uh, Well, I'm currently um, working with uh, a ministry organization based in the Dallas, Texas area, Plano, if people know Dallas, called Hope for the Heart. And um, it was founded by June Hunt 36 years ago. And uh, we have been taking what I believe is some of the most unique resources I've ever seen in the people helping world. And repurposing them into training, into um, we have three C's: caregiving, not not the sense of um, like taking care of disabled or elderly, uh, but caregiving, like lay people helping, coaching, meaning life coaching, and counseling. Um, sort of the continuum of 
of people helping out there. And we try to speak into each of those uh, kind of lanes. And we recently launched a Christian life coaching network called ICCI, International Christian Coaching Network. And you two are involved and we're excited about that. So yeah, we are. You are. You're some of my core trainers and mentors. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Learn something new every day. By the way, I refer to Dan as the smartest man alive. I think it might be a tie between these two guys, two smartest guys I know. I'm the eye candy. They're the brains. <laughs> we're, we're the ugly ones. He's, he's, the, he's the beautiful one. Hey, I never said it. E.T. Uh, yes, e. e. Finger. I mean, hey, make your, <laughs> make your own judgment. There's no judgment here. Well, we are honored to be a part of ICCI, or International Christian Coaches Institute, Coaching Institute, and um, and also just support in a great way, Hope for the Heart. So uh, you guys are doing, doing a great work. Uh, we have an actual conference coming up, do we not, Dr. Eric Scalise? Yes, we do. At the end of September, uh, September 29, 30, and October 1. And um, uh, GJ's better half, Alita, will be one of our keynote speakers, along with Nick Vujicic, um, Life Without Limbs, Steve Arterburn, with New Life Ministries, Dr. Mark Creer, two-time Olympian, uh, our own June Hunt, and Dan, you'll be speaking. It's just, Gigi, I think you're doing a workshop. It's just going to be a great whoa, event. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, oh, maybe you are. Maybe, maybe. you don't know yet. Maybe. So maybe you and I'll do something on leadership. Okay, yeah, you can carry the load. I'll just stand up for good. Do what I do well. <laughs> just like this show. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. ICCICoaching.com forward slash conference. If you are interested in doing the live version of this or the online version if you're international. We have a lot of watchers from the Philippines. Actually, we have some watchers in Ukraine currently and uh, in different parts of Africa, Europe. We have a bunch of people that listen to us all over the place. So if you're interested in doing the online version or if you want to fly in, ICCICoaching.com forward slash conference. It's in Allen, Texas. It's going to be a great day. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be several days, actually. Three days. Three days, whole three days. Uh, three whole days? Uh, we have pre-conference pre workshops on uh, Thursday. Then our kickoff uh, keynote plenary session is Thursday evening, all day Friday, and most of Saturday. And wow. we, we will have a great virtual experience for people who attend virtually. Awesome. Well, I know that my schedule time is on Friday. I have two sessions on Friday. Looking forward to that. And one of the ones I'm going to be talking on is that the it's called the art of the question, which I'm wondering what I'm going to say. I'll figure it out. I have a lot of questions. Who's doing that, who's doing that session? The art of the question. Oh, I was just asking a question. I know it's great. You did well. <laughs> well, that is that's uh, that's Dr. Erskles. Thank you so much for being on with us today. We are going to be pushing this out to several thousand people over the next week and. Um, and we're so glad you're here with us. So we need to jump right in. We got a lot to talk about. We want to make sure we get done in the, a lot of time. And one of the first things we got to talk about, uh, well, is um, we got we got dead cows. Whoa. 10,000 10, of them. 10,000 of them? It went up to 10,000? That's what I read. 
Oh my gosh. Well, I think this one was yours, JJ. Talk to us. You're the, you live closer to Kansas than I do. Oh well, yeah. And I used to live in Kansas. I just don't need to beef anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not now. That's so bad. <laughs> Where's the beef? Oh. <laughs> so it does say thousands. So that's good. Yeah. So all of a sudden these this cattle all of a sudden just yeah, they show that well, there's a really good photo, really. I don't know where it is, but there's a really good photo. It just shows that they all just died overnight. All of them. So things that make you go, hmm. Well, we should probably remind uh, Dr. Eric what it is, why we talk about this. So Jesus, Matthew chapter 24, he said there will be signs, the earth, moon, sun, stars. So we actually talk about as much as we can about the earth news as we as possible. Whenever there's a large mass die off of animals, it's kind of interesting to me, especially what's being what is being blamed on. Did you actually we can't say it out loud, but did you remember what they said, GJ, about why it's happening? The heat. Yeah, that was the heat, but there's a bigger there's a bigger subject matter. Humidity. <laughs> Humidity. No, it's called I, I can't even say it. They're gonna kick us off. Yeah, keep going, <laughs> keep going. Next. Keep going, just keep it. So why are, we, why are we talking about this? Because it's, well, one is food supply, and then we talk about the price of a, a, a day's wages would be the price of a, one loaf of bread, and we're seeing all these different things happen with our food, our crops, all across the globe. So is it, is it ha does it have anything to do with Jesus with this one? We don't know, but we share. We share. But here's another one. This one, this one's a shout out to you guys because uh, there's this massive heat dome that is hanging over the center part. This is actually how it was said for the uh, triple digit temperatures in the middle of the country. You can see where that they're calling it a heat dome. And um, I mean, if you can see my mouse, this is where Dr. Eric is right now, right? Yeah, this is this is where GJ is somewhere in that state. We don't exactly know where he keeps his location secure. And uh, but right, right now, right now in California, we are at least today and tomorrow, we have a massive heat wave here as well. We're going over 104 degrees in the next couple of days. So, I mean, that's an interesting little heat dome, isn't it? Yeah. Are you guys feeling it right now? Is how hot is it over there for you guys? We, we've had several days in a row of 100 degrees, and it's supposed to be 100 or above every day for the next four or five days and the if you factor in the heat index it'll be higher than that well yeah with all that humidity you have down in texas it's probably more like 212 degrees yeah now they say it's a dry heat in dallas really <laughs> i'm not sure that's true <laughs> that's not sure that's true <laughs> well we're i'm gonna go get my jacket because we're having a low today of 88 a low of 88 oh my gosh wow well Get my parkets. Be right back. We've been talking about this, this, these heat waves now for the last several weeks. Especially, there's one in France. Uh, they're actually telling people they're telling them to cancel their outdoor events because because they're going to become illegal for the next few weeks because of the heat and uh, protecting the masses. So that's that's just what's happening. And then we have this one right here: a magnitude six point Ooh. earthquake shakes central. Taiwan. Now, I was curious. I was thinking about putting this one in wars and rumors of wars, but I figured, you know, not quite sure we should do that. But 
6.0 earthquake strikes central Taiwan coast. Now, we've been talking about Taiwan for several weeks, right, GJ? No, two years. For the last two years, we've been talking about Taiwan because Taiwan is the number one on the planet of computer chips and their exports uh, all across the globe. Uh, you have a cell phone in your hand, that chip probably came from Taiwan. You got a MacBook or, or a Windows machine, probably that chip came from Taiwan. And so there's a, there's a big thing. We're talking about Taiwan and the wars, rumors of wars. But yeah, 6.0, it's happening over there. Uh, and then we have this one right here. I'm not sure, GJ, if you posted this one or if I saw this one this morning. We've been talking about this too, but walk us through this one, GJ. What does this one say? Well, as I shared a few minutes ago, I mean, there's food shortages that are starting to happen around the globe. And what's the issue? Well, the issue is, you know, obviously bad weather is, is affecting crops. <clears throat> the high the high cost to produce the crops now, fertilizer has gone up. I think forty three percent since last year. I know my father in law has paid three times what he normally pays for fertilizer, and I mean, so I'm seeing it firsthand with right here in Nebraska. <laughs> so all this is going on, and it's going to affect the food. It's going to affect food shortages. Is going to definitely happen, and we're starting to. We're on the early stages of this. Yes, we are. And not only that, but in Revelation chapter 8, it talks about the fact that the price of, of uh, bread, wheat bread specifically, will, will be almost like a day's wages. And it also says, do not spoil the olive oil and the wine. I was talking to someone, I don't have a news story about this, but I was talking to someone, uh, they, their mom lives over in Pittsburgh area, and the shelves are almost empty of olive oil. I thought that was a pretty interesting comment that olive oil is actually in short supply right now. And that's one of the things that scripture talks about. So food shortages. We are also saying last week too, GJ, that the farming industry, it is now a 300% more expensive for a farmer to run their farm with the same kind of property than it was last year, a year ago today, as a matter of fact. So it's uh, yeah. insane. So what's, uh, Dr. Dr. E, you have anything to share on this? Well, I mean, without speculating too much, what's behind it, you know, is, is, you know, everything is passes through God's permissive will. Sometimes, you know, you have to look at Satan as just one of God's unpaid servants, you know, nothing happens that way, but it sure seems that a lot of things taking place with weather and food and all kinds of stuff is grooming the world. Like someone, please come in and fix and save this, you know, because as disasters and crises mount, you know, I think human nature is looking for a savior. Unfortunately, they don't always look to the savior, but I think that's a little bit of what's going on. Amen. Great insight. Uh, last Earth News, we talked about this a little bit last week, but this really caught my eye. Experts saying that Yellowstone flooding is a, quote, sign of things to come. Hey, we talked about the signs. They gave it to us. They gave it to us. This, uh, this, actual, this car actually did fall into, <laughs> fall into whatever this is, a sinkhole, because of all the water that's been pounding that area. So, and the funny thing, not really funny, but the, the odd thing is, is that Yellowstone in and of itself actually sits on a massive caldera. I mean, it is massive, this huge bowl, which could could erupt. I mean, it is a it is a super volcano, I think is what they call it. 
So um, anyway, we got to keep on watching that area. Have you, have, you guys ever, have either of you guys ever been to Yellowstone? I've never been there, but I have. Ever, yes. What was your experience like when you were there? What did it uh, feel like when you were there? Well, I mean, if you're not paying attention to the bigger picture, I mean, geologically, it's fascinating and beautiful. But but as as you drive around the 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 park, you know, it sure seems steamy. Shall we say it's like there's a lot going on under the ground everywhere you are in that park. That's why we brought you on. You're using these scientific and doctor, <laughs> doctor words, steamy. <laughs> How I would. <clears throat> very beautiful and very steamy. Matter of fact, when you were there, your face never felt better. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, unless unless you you like the smell of sulfur, so yeah, there's a, there is a lot of that smell. Yeah. So there is. <laughs> by the way, I don't know if you caught this one, or you said it was the last for the weather. Huge twenty five thousand hectare acres of fire in Spain. Yeah, actually, I have a video of that. We'll talk to oh, us a little bit about it. Now you're going to show it. Well, I mean, I. Yes, bro. Come on. Come on. All right. Come on, man. Talk about it. Tell us. I just did. Say more. I got a video. Got to tell video, us more. The video, the video actually really says, I mean, it's pretty. 25,000 hectare acres are burning up in Spain. I mean, what more can I say? I mean, it's. And you can't see the sky. So what's the, what's the, where's it at in the Bible where it says a few times where darkness you won't be able to see the sky. The sun will be darkened, and the moon will turn blood red. Uh, mm -hmm. We actually, I know that we're not really quite sure exactly how this that's going to happen, but we have often talked about the fact that, and Eric, I'd, I'd love to hear Doctor Eric, excuse me, we'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this, but. When the earth will be destroyed at some point again, it will be destroyed by fire, not by water. What are your, what are some of your thoughts on that and, and some of your experiences? Well, you know, I mean, it's a promise that God made to Noah and, and the survivors in the ark, you know, post flood, you know, and, and um he, he gave the rainbow as a symbol of that promise. Unfortunately, what was originally a symbol of God has been hijacked for other reasons within culture today. And, you know, he never said he the world wouldn't be destroyed again. He just said it would be destroyed this way. But the Lord doesn't just destroy. He recreates and creates. So, you know, obviously the book of Revelation talks about creating a new heavens and a new earth. The Lord's nature is not just to punish and destroy, but to build and restore and heal. And I think sometimes we lose that in the message of, of hearing about disasters and crises all the time. We just sometimes attribute that the nature of God is the guy in the sky with a thunderbolt just blowing up things and destroying things. And we miss the heartbeat of God. And I think that's why Jesus came, right? He, he said, I'm the exact nature. I mean, he said that to Philip when Philip said, show me the father, or show us the father. 
and that'll be enough for us. I mean, I think the Jewishness and Jesus just wanted to go, ay, 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 don't you get it, Philip? Have I been with you this long and you're still asking me that question? If you've seen me, you've seen my dad. I'm only doing the things I see him doing in heaven. I'm only speaking the things. And, and so we often affiliate Jesus more with grace and love and salvation and attribute the father to all the destruction. But we, we miss the point there that Jesus came to show us the true nature of God. Absolutely. Well, as we talked about before, we have... I mean, just just what you're just talking about, there's all these other things that we're, we're thinking too that Jesus alerted us to. Wars and rumors of wars, nations will rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And so not everything that we share about this are actual wars that are going on, but he was specific when he said there are also rumors of wars. So here's one, GJ, that we, you posted, I think, middle of last week. When North Korea continues to be in the news as well, and... Uh, the headline says North Korea could conduct nuclear test anytime. So again, it's like they're flexing their muscles. Don't mess with us. That's really the that's really the underlying part of this this news piece. Uh, I know Eric may I know he has some intel that he might be willing to share share about that part of the world. Yeah, it's interesting. And I, I have to be confidential um, on this, on sources, but there are a number of close sources that are indicating that, that North Korea may be on the brink of collapse. And, and one of the indicators, interestingly enough, is obviously we've heard about food shortages and, you know, the elite ruling class often gets the privileges, but Kim Jong-un, the, the dictator's son, is beginning to take the things away from that <laughs> ruling class. And, and um, it could get very interesting. Just another insight, just a matter of prayer. You never know what God's doing. Kim Jong-un's father, who was also not a nice guy and a dictator, not too many people know I think it was his parents, uh, his, which would be Kim Jong-un's uh, paternal grandparents on the father's side, were missionaries, gospel missionaries bringing the gospel to Korea. Now think about that for a minute. I don't know where that family went sideways, and scripture is full of families that go sideways, but in that very family line, are people that not only love Jesus, but were bringing the gospel to Korea. Wouldn't it be just like God to resurrect that seed somewhere, somehow? I don't know. It'll be interesting. Korea is definitely a country worth watching. Definitely worth watching. And I think that there's also another news story. I didn't pop it up because I couldn't actually verify it um, that quickly. I just saw it right before we went on that there, it, there's some kind of a sickness from the food that's happening in North Korea that's killing off, um, they won't tell us how much, but hundreds, if not thousands of people because of the food shortages that are there as well. So, I mean, there's there's a lot going on in that country, and uh, but the fact that they keep on posturing their, their potential strength means that either there's something going on inside the country that doesn't show strength, <laughs> or they really are planning to do something. So another, just a rumor of war. But we, we also have this one right here, 
GJ, go for it. I think you posted this one. Uh, actually, I didn't post this one, but I did post one regarding Syrian, Syrian troops trying to block U.S. troops. <clears throat> this one says, Russia says it's ready for a big, colossal war with NATO. <clears throat> so now it's not just with Ukraine, it's with NATO. So, well, Eric, either you or DJ or whoever, just tell us why this Russia <clears throat> and this news could be a big issue for for us in the end times. Well, we've talked about it in the past, so I think it'd be good to hear a new perspective, a smarter yeah. perspective than Well, I mean, obviously, if you have read through the passages in Ezekiel um, 37, 38, um, Gog and Magog are often associated with what we consider to be modern day Russia. So seeing what's going on in Ukraine um, and with Russia is interesting. It's also interesting how weak their, let's just say their performance uh, on the battlefield has been thus far. You know, they have not done well. Their Air Force has not done well. Their ground units have not done well. And I think a lot of people are just watching that. doesn't mean that the aggressiveness we're seeing isn't real and the intentions aren't um, dark. Uh, it's just fascinating to to watch and and watch the increasing relationship between China and Russia, which I know I know the two of you all have, have talked about on the podcast before. It, it it'll it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see the alignments that are beginning to take shape in that part of the world. Yeah, look at look at the color of flag there in that photo. And, the, and for those that are listening, it's it's. Uh, whole bunch of tanks on the streets what's what color flag is that looks like china to me <laughs> i mean it's, it's, a, it's, red a, flag. it's a red flag you know so we talk about gog and magog so well we also have we also have things going on with israel too this actually happened last night where israel reportedly fires missiles from the golan heights and they're Potentially, we don't really know because they're reportedly doing this, but uh, hitting Hezbollah and Iranian targets near Damascus. So we always have talked about the fact that we sometimes glaze over this part of the news. But everything that happens with Israel, and I'd love to hear about uh, what you would think about this, uh, Dr. Eric Scalise. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to be facetious when I say that. I want people to know that you are, you are official. <laughs> but talk to us about why Israel in your perspective, is important and what this could potentially mean for future issues with anybody in that part of the world? Well, I mean, Israel is still God's people, right? And and uh, again, the, the, the bigger picture story of Scripture talks that one day Israel will look on him whom they pierced, referring to Israel as a nation, recognizing that Jesus really is Messiah, and um, but there there's some suffering that that's going to take place. The story of Israel, anyone who's followed the formation of Israel back in 1948 to the present, is you almost have to acknowledge there's been some divine intervention on the survival of such a small country and a small force when. 
so many elements, certainly around them, but around the world have been against them. And, um, you know, Israel obviously is strategic in the end times. The Antichrist will try to um, enthrone himself there in the temple. Um, And so, uh, so goes Israel. So goes a lot of things on the end times calendar, you know, in my opinion. Absolutely. Well, kind of um, moving on to a little bit of the leading up to the tribulation. Uh, GJ, actually, I think you I think you did post this one. If not, I'll just go ahead and just cover it. But I'd like to hear from what you think about this. But this is pretty much largely missed mainstream media for some reason that more than 40 churches and pro-life groups have been attacked uh, over the last 40 days. There's been 41 attacks on churches and pro-life facilities. Well, we talked about persecution that elevates in the end times, and we're we're starting to see that. And some of it is with force, some of it, you know, the cancel culture, uh, suppression. You know, there's another thing I read today, I don't know if you got it on on here, is that uh, against uh, using the Bible as a hate crime, so some people are trying to utilize that. So it's all converging, and we're seeing it on all fronts. It doesn't matter where you stand. I mean, think you know, it's like the persecution and culture is trying to be divided, which Satan is doing. Uh, God wants us to be unified and, you know, for the greater good. And, you know, one of the ties here is obviously the abortion, you know, regardless of what side of the fence you're on on that. I mean, you know, a significant a Supreme Court case here in the United States of America is about to be put forth to the people uh, on, on their ruling. And there's talk that it may be overturned after, uh, you know, 50 years. So it's, it's uh, very interesting times. And, and we're seeing a lot of people really rise up on just on that. And the abortion issue is not just about, you know, the church. However, the church has had a significant stance regarding uh, that topic. It's interesting, if you don't mind if I comment, I think the same spirit that's behind... That's why you're on this show, bro. (laughs) The same spirit that we're seeing behind this is the same spirit um, that was in post-World War I Europe. And, you know, after Germany surrendered, and the rise of of Nazism and Hitler in particular, you know, Germany went through a very, very difficult economic um, hardships post-World War One. And the media in Germany and Hitler, you know, tried to make the Jews the culprits because they controlled a lot of the banking. And, and it was almost like, let's blame the Jews for our our issues, our problems that the average person is ex- experiencing. And so it was like a setup for persecution. Now there is a direct attempt to link Christians with white supremacy and everything negative that in racism and everything that's going on in the culture. It's I think it's the same spirit trying to now force itself on. We have to pinpoint that the problems of this world and our society and culture it really is Christians. 
and it's setting the same stage um, against Christians for, I believe, the years ahead um, as, as what we saw happen with the Jews in Europe um, right before World War II. They, it's not something to be fearful of because that's when God shows up and, and does great work. You know, but we're seeing it happen right in front of us. Yeah, not only that, but there's when we talk about the, during the tribulation period, or uh, when when people start to get when Christians start to get persecuted, we know that you know the rapture happens. This is what we believe: rapture happens, tribulation happens. People are still going to accept Christ during that time frame. I mean, there's there's going to be a massive amount of evangelists, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel that go out and evangelize the world. And there's going to be people that accept Christ. But at the same time, there's a setting up of, in my opinion, a setting up of we need to find a scapegoat to take all the troubles of the world and just blame it on them. And then we'll, then we'll go after them and then we'll take them out. And so we'll, we'll do whatever we can to eradicate the world of these people that have caused so many issues over the thousands of years, blaming it all on believers and those who believe in Jesus. So here's one actually that we were. I think, I can't remember who posted this one, GJ, but I'm just going to let this one play. It's only 40 seconds, but I want to hear both your perspectives on this right after, right after we play it. Looking forward, rapid changes are taking place in the global monetary system that may affect the international role of the dollar in the future. Most major economies already have or are in the process of developing instant 24-7 payment. Our own FedNow service will be coming online in 2023. And in light of the tremendous growth in crypto assets and stable coins, we are examining whether a U.S. central bank digital currency would improve upon what is an already safe and efficient domestic payment system. Our, as our white paper on this topic notes, a U.S. CBDC could also potentially help maintain the dollar's international standing. Thought. We'll go with Dr. Dr. Uh, again, you know, <clears throat> if you're talking about signs of the times, you know, you're, you're talking about the gradual but steady movement toward a cashless society that can then be controlled um, <clears throat> by an entity, a government, an organization. You know, we, we, anyone who's familiar with end time scripture talks about not being able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. And we're, we're seeing these kinds of technologies and systems being put into place. Matter of fact, there already are in place in s several countries in Europe. It, it's going to be done in such a way that to most of the world, this is going to seem like natural, rational. Um, like, of course, it's a good thing. And if people of faith ultimately, you know, tie in a global currency and the ability to buy and sell with what they believe is the mark of the beast, and I don't think we're there yet, but we're grooming it for, then Christians are going to seem like, what's wrong with you people? You know, you're, you're so this or that, and it's going to increase uh, the bullseye, I think, on people of, of faith. And, and that's where um, a lot of people have to stand up and say, am I going to be counted in the moment? You know, we don't realize as much in the United States that believers in other parts of the world make that decision every day. In China, in Iran, in Korea, you know, in, in heavily Muslim countries, they have to decide, 
will my faith today signify my last day on this side of eternity? Um, but that will come, um, you know, for people of faith in general. I think this whole monetary movement is just part of it. Yeah. Any other thoughts, JJ? Well, again, I mean, we've talked about this over and over. It's a convergence. That's the word that comes to mind. It's a converging of, you know, like, he, like the guy said, stable coins, uh, cryptocurrencies. Uh, and he was talking, I, I think he, that guy's the head of the Federal Reserve or one of the many guys yeah. from the Federal Reserve here in the United States, you know, for banking. And as Eric said, it's all about control and they want to control it. And everything we, everything we talk about is, this is for the good. This is for the betterment. This is for, you know, whatever it is. And on the surface, it does seem good. What we're, we've learned, uh, I mean, just look over the last 18 months. Oh, this is for the good. And look what's happening. Uh, you know, I just went on a road trip and uh, it was a little more expensive than it was a year and a half. That's all I'm going to say. So you had to take out a small loan to get there? <laughs> Second mortgage paid for the gas. Whoa, whoa, dude. <laughs> this I mean, whole picture for itself, but um, but go ahead, GJ. <laughs> all I'm gonna do is read the title and let you guys go and dive into it. <clears throat> <laughs> Methodist Church's first drag queen pastor, God is nothing. So now God is being diminished. And by the way, I'm reading Jeremiah right now in the old testament. And Jeremiah, you know, God's downloading, here's what you need to say to all these people and all these leaders. And they're basically doing exactly what we're seeing. I mean, it's like, oh, my God, we're living it today. And they're trying to diminish God, create other gods, or focus on something that's more important that's really not more important. And talk about things that make me go, over to you. By the way, I have a good non-ET finger. Just to put that up. I, I just that when I see stuff like this, and you see stuff in the media and politicians and people who have <laughs> care about things like justice and cry out to God for justice, you know, the, the truth is nobody gets away with anything. Everything will be addressed and accounted for at some point. And um, this pastor, for example, and, and, and I say this reminding myself of the same thing. This pastor will someday stand by himself in front of a holy God and have to explain that position, as will politicians who celebrate abortion or all those things, nobody gets away with anything. But I, I'm reminded as I say that in some sobriety that someday I'll stand in front of the same holy God and have to give an account for my life as well. And the Holy Spirit often reminds me that that's plenty enough for me to pay attention to, even though it's fair to comment on what we're seeing in culture. But, you know, I we have to just remind ourselves, this may seem like reality now, but God is going to settle the 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 record at one point, you know. No doubt he's going to settle the record. And it must be said too that this is the Methodist Church 
there was an announcement, and I think you mentioned this before we went on, um, Doc, but it was uh, May 1st was when this new Methodist denomination was put out there. It's now called the Global Methodist Church. So I want to just say to everyone out there that just because this is the uh, offshoot of the Methodist Church, let's not down and bash all Methodists because there are a lot of Methodists out there that believe that Jesus is the Son of God, came to take away the sin of the world, that God is, is sovereign and he is the only true God. So it is another sign that there is an infiltration in the church of the deception. And I, I sent the, I sent GJ a message a while back, and uh, I said, I think I know now what the great deception could be. <laughs> because when God created male and female, there's now this whole deception that, oh, that's not true. There's lots of different kinds of things going on, lots of different kinds of genders. And so uh, that's probably just part of whatever it is that's going on out there for deception. But And I know I'm probably going to get some Facebook messages about this after I say it. But uh, for me, there's this deception that goes on. We cannot necessarily look at the world and, and hold them to the same standard as we should hold the church. But if the church is doing these kinds of things, Paul was very clear that we need to, we need to actually bring them out and let them be known so that people can then make their decision. So that being said, we have uh, just a couple more things, and then we're going to dive right into some message here. But uh, Two things, Dan, before you go on. Yeah. So number one is endtimes.chat. For some reason, you can't find us on Facebook. If we get booted off, that's where we're going to be. I'm sorry, Chad. The other thing is, is it talk, you know, in the Bible, it talks about false prophets will, you know, on a, you know, will start to pop up on a greater number. We're seeing that right now, right before us. <clears throat> and it doesn't matter where, what, what, what denomination. I mean, obviously, this one is getting, getting some heat <laughs> internally. But like you said, it's not all churches and it's not all denominations. It's usually parts of that. What we are seeing is we are seeing false doctrines starting to take root. And obviously, I mean, when I see these, I just look at what are you thinking? And like Eric said, everybody answers to our, their actions at some point to the Almighty God. So and I'll just say this. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church is not a denomination. Right. And it's not calling the church to account because the true church would never make a stand like that. The church is not a building. It's not a place. It's not where we go to worship. You know, you and I and other believers are the church. And like you said, GJ, these are false prophets or false. This is religion speaking, not necessarily the church, if that makes sense, in my opinion. Yeah, very good clarification. Very good. Well, just a couple more things. We're going to breeze through these, but the digital license plates are now rolling out with what they say are cool new features. But uh, that might be there might be a big catch to that. So you know, we've been talking about monitoring and surveillance for the longest time. It's one of the first things we talked about actually when we started this this podcast, this broadcast. But you know, putting this is Michigan and California. They've now approved to have digital license plates, which you can change the background on them at any time. And it's, it sounds really cool, but it's another way to stay connected through Wi-Fi so that your car can be known where it is at all times. You know, we already have GPS trackers on cars. We've got all these other things. And now uh, and now there's this big push towards electric vehicles where you can connect to these vehicles. It's funny. One of my daughters has always made fun of this and said, you know, one of the because we have a Tesla ourselves at, at our house. It's a, and she says, one of these days, somebody's going to lock your doors, take control of the car and drive you to a FEMA camp. 
So anyway, it's just, it's one of those things where at one point there's going to be such a monitoring around the world about where people are. And we've often talked about the mark of the beast being something that is a monitoring, some way of monitoring people because it says you can't buy or sell without it. So that's just one thing. And then um, we also, let's see, I, that's not it. Here it is right here. Turkish parliament. Was this you, GJ, that posted this? I can't remember. Uh, it may have been me. Turkish Parliament Commission clears bill tightening control on internet media. I, oh, I remember why I posted this. Because there's, there's another way of, of trying to control what is communicated to the masses, which um, I'm just going to put that out there. And, and then we have this one right here. We have the recent Gallup poll that we're going to lead. We're going to just let you go on this, Dr. Eric. And uh, then we're going to lead into some talk about Jesus. But talk, talk, walk us through this. Share whatever you want to share. The floor is yours. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, this shouldn't surprise people. Even over the last decade, the number of people who say they believe in God has has dropped almost another 10 percentage points just in the United States. And, you know, you've seen a rise of what is referred to culturally as the nuns. People don't really affiliate with any um, religious group or denomination. And and so I've often said, you know, sometimes people say, hey, we live in a postmodern world society, maybe a post-Christian one. I, I've heard people say we actually are closer to a pre-Christian culture and society today, meaning like what was the church back in the first century, you know, in the early part post-resurrection, post-ascension, where Christianity was just getting known. And most of the world was religious and secular, and Christianity is becoming the uh, minority in some ways. But I don't, I think that God always has his remnant. There's always a people, anywhere in scripture, you're always going to see that. And the, the devil has tried to kill the church. Um, but it's never going to happen. You know, we already know how this ends. Yeah, one of the parts of this article that really struck me was belief in God has fallen in most recent in recent years among young adults and people. Well, I won't say that part because I don't get kicked off, but mostly in young adults. So when you think of, this is a question for either one of you, when you think of a decline in a belief in God, can we let's pinpoint that? Like, Let's just think about what it, what could it be that they're actually waning in? What is the belief in God portion of this? Why is this important? Why is it? Why is this decline something we should really take to heart? Well, I think it points to the human nature being inherently sin oriented. We we don't like. Yeah, people say, you know, Jesus loved children and he wept and he healed people. And we like the stories of Jesus and the healing parts of Jesus. And when he played with children, we don't like necessarily when he puts down a boundary. Yes, he loved the woman caught in the act of adultery, but he also said, go and sin no more. And where we are is like, it's, it's pride. It's a sinful nature. It's like, don't tell me what I can do and I can't do. And I think it's bled over into the church a little bit into believers who we want to do our own thing. You know, we, we have to constantly put down the flesh, if you will. One of the messages of the Passover, and I, I don't want to get too theological here, 
but God instructed Moses who told Israel, when you kill the unblemished lamb and eat it, he said, you eat the whole lamb, not just the parts that you like and want. And, and I think part of the message of the gospel is you have to take the whole gospel, not just the pieces that you like or feel good about. And, you know, when people have a problem with some of the main cultural issues that you talked about on the podcast, even today, the easiest thing is like your your beef is not with me. Your Your problem is what the word of God has to say about it. And it's not a between you and me issue. It's between a you and what God has to say about it. And that's just human nature. Yeah. JJ, I want you to, to kind of speak to this, if you don't mind. And then I'm going to share a little bit from Revelation. But I highlighted this one paragraph here. It says the survey also found that about half of those who believe in God, so the 81%, about half of those, equal to 42% of all Americans, say God hears prayers and can intervene on a person's behalf. So. What I'm hearing is, is you, 81% believe that God is even there, but only half of that believe that God actually cares about us in our daily lives. Talk to us a little bit about that, GJ, and then hop into Revelation for a minute. Well, a couple of things within this, and you, you hit on 81% believe in God, all right? So most of it say, hey, 81%, hey, that's great. I, I, I would take 80% of a lot of things I've done. However, it went from, it's always been over 90%. And, and so, you know, what's contributing that, like Eric's, you know, just said, two things have popped out. So being an entrepreneur for a long time, one of the biggest killers of any entrepreneur or any business endeavor is becoming complacent. So I believe as a whole, we've become complacent. And here in the United States, we've become so, uh, you know, we have all these benefits and all these great things. And of course, you know, to the world, a lot of people want to have those and they don't have that. And so I believe there's that sense of entitlement or that sense of, hey, I got this and I'm good. And we start to take our eye off the prize, which in this case is Jesus. And then and the other thing that I see is the body of Christ has gotten soft and complacent in addressing the gospel right on because we might offend somebody. And, you know, <laughs> read the Bible. There is some offensive things in the Bible. However, when truth is truth, truth sometimes cut very swiftly. And as I said, a lot of times people don't want the truth. They want, they want the kumbaya and not the, uh, you know, the, 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 the real facts. And what I believe, though, is I believe there is going to be a convergence. Because when you, when you write that last article we talked about, and I mean, all you got to do is look at the picture of that pastor. And I'm like, oh, my God, at what, where does this end? Where, I mean, at what point do we go, that is completely stupid, that is ridiculous, and people are going to wake up. So I believe there is going to be a, a spirit of change, a spirit of hunger, and I believe people will start to look at God. And as we know, not everybody will, and not everybody's going to go to heaven, which gives you two options. Are you going to go to heaven or are you going to go to hell? And you got two simple choices for eternity, for eternity. When you start thinking on those those uh, terms, it really changes perspective on a lot of the things that really don't matter here. You know, I, I'm, I'm, the reason why I'm hesitating is because I feel like 
uh, we should just go straight into a message about salvation instead of trying to get into all the things I was going to talk about. Because I feel like this is a great time to kind of say, this is why you need Jesus. We've been talking about the end times, yes, but the whole reason why we talk about it is because we believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that what he has promised will happen, will happen. But uh, Doc, maybe what you can do is you can kind of walk us through why, why a relationship with Jesus what is important about it? Why should we even be focusing on these things? And then maybe lead people in a prayer to accept, accept Christ, because today, as it says on the screen, it's the day of salvation. We don't want to wait any longer for those that are ready. Yeah, I, it's awfully tempting sometimes to hear a podcast like this and, and have a fear response. And, and, you know, we respond because we're fearful of what might happen to us or our loved ones. Not, not that, you know, heaven and hell are real and, and we should have the fear of God, yeah. meaning that, that kind of respect for who he is. But if you read the scripture, we were created through relationship, the Trinity, in relationship, for relationship. And you know, human nature gave us the ability, God gave us the ability. The, I often say, what do you give to the person who has everything, right? We probably all have people in our life, a parent, a spouse, or someone's like, I don't know what to get them. They have everything. What do you give God who created everything? What, what can you give back to him? And I have thought about it. And I thought, you know, all I have is my will the choices I make, I can offer that back because God created us in such a way that he didn't create robots. He said, I'm going to give you a pathway to reconnect and I'm going to do all the work. I'm going to take the test, pass the test and create the bridge back to a holy God. You just get to exercise your will on choosing that. I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to wind you up like robots. Scripture is the greatest love story anyone will ever read or hear. The, if you look at the whole Bible, it is a love story. And, and the, the enemy and media and culture try to distort that story far too long. But it's an invita invitation back into relationship with the one who actually created you. Um, nothing could be more beautiful than that. And but we have to exercise our will um, to take that step to accept the invitation. I think God's grace keeps that invitation out mm -hmm. much longer than you or I would with people. Sometimes we just have to give people an opportunity to respond to that um, and to understand that. JJ, what does Papa say? Well, Papa Reynolds. So Papa Reynolds. I did as I've done many, many times. By the way, this is show number 85. So he wrote at the very top in Nehemiah, May 17th, 1998, what would you tell a child about prayer? And really, it's about prayer and about God. And so I'm, I'm not going to read all of them. I'm just going to re read the, there's, a, there's 12 of them, I think. Talking with God. So those that are listening or watching, be in prayer. We're talking about being in a prayer, talking with God, talking from the heart. The God looks at your heart. And, you know, when I hear, you know, fearing God, I mean, I, I look at, I have a high respect for God, 
I don't fear for God if I'm doing good. I only fear God when I'm doing bad. <clears throat> so it puts it in perspective. So you can change that perspective. God listens and cares. Tell God anything. It's a sacred time. And I think those are really good points for anybody, whether you're a child, because we're all children of God. And that puts it in the right perspective. So if you're watching and listening, wherever you're at, wherever you're at in the world, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're dealing with, God does care. <clears throat> God is alive. God is real. And God is everywhere. And through Jesus, we can get to the Father who <laughs> loves us and cares for us. All we have to do is ask. And uh, over to back to you, Dan. Well, let me, let me just share this. You know, in the four Gospels we hear, we learn about Jesus. All throughout those four Gospels, of course, not, there's no amount of books that could handle and hold all the things that Jesus did while he was here on this earth. And that's only 33 years. And of that, it's only three and a half years of, of time where he was able to perform all these miracles and, and reach all these people and, and touch so many lives. But a noticeable, in Revelation, who is being written by John, who was also one of his disciples, a noticeable change has taken place from what the four Gospels describe when they speak of Jesus Christ. This is a picture of what he is like now, Revelation is, that he has risen from the dead. He is not pictured in the robe of humanity, but in the garments of royalty and deity. He is no longer the humble suffering servant, uh, willing to endure the agony of death on a Roman cross, but he's now the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's risen from the dead, and the glory he had before he came into the world in a manger in Bethlehem is now brilliantly displayed, right? It's a picture of glory and greatness. And so when I think, when, when most of people think about who Jesus is, there's two pictures that come to mind, in my opinion. One, a baby in a manger. Two, him on a cross. What we rarely think of is Jesus in the form that John the Revelator has seen him in, which when John saw him in all of his glory and all of his greatness and what he actually came down uh, and gave and gave up for a short period of time, he couldn't physically even handle the sight. And so I think what we need to understand is, is that, yes, Jesus is a baby that came in the manger. That's how he connected with us. He's also the, he's also the, the man who is fully God that died on a cross, which provided a pathway to relationship with him. But now he is being seen and known as the God of all who was the one who gave the word to speak into creation who we are. Jesus is all of those things wrapped up in one. And so this is the Jesus we want to introduce you to. So if this, if you've been listening to this today or any of the other podcasts and broadcasts we've done throughout the last two, almost two years, this is your moment right now to receive Jesus into your heart. And this is the time where you can just say this prayer. And in your heart, you've got to accept that you are, you are lost without God. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and then confess that you need Him in your life to take away your sin and provide that pathway into a relationship with Him. So if that's you, I want you to say this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, we love you. We admit that we are lost without you, without the sacrifice that you gave on the cross. And we believe that you are the Son of God who, who gave up all of that glory and greatness to humble yourself, to come into this form of humanity so that we that you could connect with us and understand and know what all we've got what we've gone through but still being sinless and then dying on a cross for us that was the utmost of sacrifice that you could give 
to bring us to relationship with you. But then you rose from the dead. You resurrected. You, you actually came back to life and you conquered over all of sin so that we could have that relationship with you finalized. So today we ask you to come into our heart. Lord, we believe in you. We know that you're the son of God. We want to have a relationship with you, but ultimately we want to spend eternity with you. So forgive us, Lord. We accept the, what you did for us and please forgive us and come into our hearts and live with us. Give us the boldness to carry out what it is you've called us to do and give us the strength to live out the rest of our days, making a proclamation of faith and also living it out in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank Dr. Eric Scalise for gracing his presence here. And by the way, we've got to tell him he makes the best lasagna. I oh, do. I do. I've never had lasagna. I want some. He only gives it to his close friend. Close, <laughs> close friend. Like I, you, DJ. Maybe I'll have to have some, you know, for the conference for you guys to take to the hotel room. I will accept it. On behalf of Dan, I will eat his. <laughs> He'll eat mine instead. Well, hey, we love everybody. I'll give Dan's portion to you, GJ, and then we'll see what kind of relationship you guys have. <laughs> will he share or will he go get a Stouffer's lasagna and pass it off as Dr. Eric's? <laughs> Yeah, I like the way you're thinking. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I figured. Well, we thank you all for watching today. Those of you who are listening from all over the world um, this week, we love you. We appreciate you. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. God bless everybody. Thank you for tuning in to End Times Chat with GJ and Dan. If you decided to follow Christ, email us at endtimeschat at gmail.com. We would love to hear your story. Tune in next time for more. And don't forget to pray, prepare, protect, proclaim, pray again, persist, persevere, and pass it on. God bless. We'll see you next time.